fabulous and wonderful Wednesday day. It is cold outside. I know that much. It is cold, cold, cold. And uh, in fact, I went outside. Uh, I wanted to um, share uh, the uh, uh, sermon on my pages while I'm talking here. If you wonder what I'm doing, I'm not playing on my phone. I remember years ago we had uh, a group of people come down and uh, do a thing at the church. And this kid, I say kid, well, yeah, I say, well, I was probably about 20. And uh, I was trying to talk to him. And the whole time I talked to him, he was like, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That made me so mad because I was sitting there thinking, to me, he went like he was listening to a thing I was saying. And I tell you what, I come that close to jerking that phone out of his hand and not showing a Christian-like character. So, but I just don't know who turned the heat off, man. I tell you what, it is so cold out there. I, uh, uh, I like to froze when I went out there earlier and uh, couldn't believe it. They said it may get some frost tonight, may get some frost uh, Saturday night, I think it is. And uh, so uh, be sure and cover your plants and uh, make sure you've got all those... Uh, uh, take care of and all people been doing a lot of a lot of gardening and uh, so be sure and take care of your plants and vegetables or whatever it is you got out there in this uh, cold weather but uh, uh, I need to get a um, since dad says when I talk to people on social media I look like uh, uh, the lady on the uh, romper room whatever looks through the through the mirror and says hi to people so I need to get a mirror and take the actual mirror out and hold that up so I so but anyway I'll say hi to Mrs. Feathers and say hi to Jamie and Linda Arnold and Mr. Larky Tyree good evening to each and all and thanks for watching this evening and hope you all have had a wonderful and blessed day today and uh, if you all have any uh, prayer requests or prayer concerns Please put those uh, in the comments here, and after I get out of reading the opening scripture, uh, we can pray on those. If um, if I if you don't get those in the time for I pray, put them in there anyway. That way, all those who are watching can come together and pray over whatever situation that is. So don't worry about uh, trying to get those in, in in time before I, I finish doing what I be doing. So um, let's see here. <clears throat> uh, let's see Ephesians. 6 uh, 10 so Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 give everybody just a second to turn there Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 in case you're trying to scramble to get your Bibles or uh, your iPads or iPhones whatever it is you're using there but Ephesians 6 10 says finally be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, good, good evening there, Mr. Trailer. Uh, glad you're watching. Uh, but uh, I'm sure to keep, um, of course, the ones I know of, uh, I need to uh, try to uh, get an updated uh, list or start writing some things down because I know I get a lot throughout today. It's hard for me to remember them all. But uh, uh, there's several. Uh, Mrs. Feather says, pray for Murph and for her. Uh, she has a terrible sinus infection. I'm sorry to hear that. Says so she's dizzy headed and terrible headaches. I, I can definitely relate. I keep uh, sinus infections and it is no fun at all. So Mrs. Feathers, we will definitely, definitely keep you in prayer. And uh, be praying, something's really been bothering me is uh, I was reading an article earlier uh, showing this, um, uh, this African-American man who was uh, running, out jogging, and he's... Uh, uh, two guys uh, shot and killed him, and uh, that's been on my mind. I guess I don't know if it's where I do a lot of try to get out and jog or walk and, and such. Of course, you get to tell it the way I look, but uh, uh, this really, really bothered me. Praying for that man's family, and uh, I, uh, I've personally have had a gun pulled on me out running. Uh, wasn't that long ago I was out there running, and this guy pulled up beside me and started waving a gun. And uh, it kind of freaked me out a little bit, and so uh, uh, I had to call the cops but he took off but uh i've been hit by cars knocked to a ditch bit twice by dogs but uh i don't know maybe it's just the uh, uh my good looks that draws those out in people i don't know but uh keep uh, keep that family in prayer i don't know why it's just really really been on my mind and bothered me and all those who are dealing with uh this virus uh 
you know, uh, whether you feel it's real or imagined, there's a lot of people out there who have died from this and uh, who are suffering through it, are sick, and uh, pray for protection for people like me who are high risk, or my father, or my wife, and uh, so, uh, or my, my mother, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, I don't want to leave them out either, and uh, that uh, safety on them. But let's go ahead and go, go before the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, just pray that uh, you be with each and every person who are watching this evening. Lord, I know that uh, everyone that watches or uh, that they have concerns, uh, whether spoken or unspoken. And Lord, you know uh, what's going on in those situations, in those lives. Uh, Lord, pray that you will be done in each and every situation. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with Mrs. Feathers. And Lord, you'll heal her from the sinus infection. Take away the pain, discomfort she's having and experiencing. Just heal her mildly. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, be with her and David. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with Murph, uh, Mr. Roger Winters, and that you'll bring healing upon him. I pray that you'll be with our sister in Christ, Kim Penix, and Ginger Hood, and Troy. And Lord, uh, keep them safe and well. I bring healing upon them. I pray that you continue to be with the Trivet family. And Lord, I just offer up protection for my family, uh, my father, uh, my mom, and my father-in-law, mother-in-law, my children. And Lord, uh, just be with us. Lead us. God wants you to protect us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I, um, um, oh, I'm sorry I didn't see this. Uh, Mr. Trailer said, uh, uh, prayers for a sleep test came back and it read and stopped breathing nine times an hour while I slept. Sorry to hear that, Mr. Trailer. We will uh, continue to lift you up in prayer. I know Dad had that done, and I think he set a record for, for the amount of times he stopped breathing. So uh, we'll daily keep out in prayer. And Wendy Lee said, uh, prayer please having tests on liver uh, pancreas. Thank you. Yes, Mrs. Lee, we will definitely do that. And I'm sorry I didn't, uh, you folks, I did not see those uh, before I started praying. But I will keep those in mind and uh, try to keep you folks in prayer uh, for these concerns. Definitely will. So I, I, I apologize uh, for that most definitely. I'll be sure to pass that along to uh, Dad and Mom. I put that on the prayer list at the church as well. So uh, thank you for letting me know. And even after the um, uh, message or teaching tonight, uh, be sure, and uh, if you have any concerns, email those to me, text those to me, and uh, Sunday morning we'll try to get those on the prayer list. If I don't forget, I know it's hard to believe, I'm not perfect, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, uh, so just uh, get those to me and I'll do my best to get those on there. Speaking of which, uh, of course, Monday, Monday, Sunday is uh, Mother's Day. I started saying Mother's Day and Sunday to come out Monday. Uh, Sunday is Mother's Day, obviously. And, uh, Right now, uh, you know, we tried to have the outside service uh, this past Sunday very successful, and uh, Dad did a fantastic job. I ain't just saying that because he's my daddy, but he did a great job uh, singing and bringing the message. I know everybody really enjoyed it based on the comments that I've seen, and uh, I wish we could do that again this Sunday. I know the high is supposed to be 65, but now that morning it's supposed to get, you know, it's supposed to be down to 30, so... Don't know, the chances are not looking good for us to do an outside service. Uh, of course, I, I'll, I'll continue to talk today about Friday. We'll make a definite decision because anything can change. You know, uh, we'll try, me and Dad will uh, continue to keep that in prayer. And by Friday, I'll get something out there and let you definitely know one way or the other. But right now, it's not looking like that. So uh, we'll still broadcast on 98.5 WTFM. We'll still have the drive-in if you'd like to do that. And or we will stream live uh, on the website and or on uh, Facebook uh, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. like we've been doing. Uh, now the following Sunday, a week from uh, Mother's Day, uh, Dr. Young, Dr. Vic Young is uh, uh, discussing uh, the possibility of actually trying to have church, uh, actual church. Of course, you know, keep in mind the social distancing, uh, trying to keep things uh, clean, sanitized, may have to check temperatures. It's going to be a big process, uh, so we're still praying about that, but uh, he did mention maybe the possibility of trying to do that uh, a week from Mother's Day. 
Uh, so uh, just keep that in mind and uh, help us in prayer about that uh, to make the right decision. And um, of course, again, you know, it is Mama's Day. So you men realize that uh, school's out. Uh, your kids will not be bringing anything home that is uh, that is made. So uh, you're going to have to try to get out and get something. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't get out. So I don't know what I want to do. But uh, uh, and, and be a prayer. There's a lot of people out there who, who no longer have their moms. And I know that um, Mother's Day, you know, these kind of holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, well, Christmas and other holidays, well, it's tough. You know, it's really tough uh, on these individuals. You know, I, I did a grief class there for a little bit of time, and um, uh, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, for, uh, praise God I've not experienced that and hope, pray that I don't ever experience it. But uh, I know a lot of people have to deal with that on a, you know, uh, and uh, it's very, very hard on them so let's let's keep be sensitive uh about that and keep these individuals in prayer because i know that it uh it, it is trying on them so uh, please keep that in mind so uh i think that's it i can't think of any other announcements uh, right now to uh to discuss um i guess that's it let's go ahead and dive into god's word this evening see where it takes us and uh if you want to turn your bibles to hebrews chapter six and we're going to read uh, and discuss uh, verses 9 through 12 of Hebrews chapter 6. So I'll give everybody just a moment to turn there and if we, as we dive into God's Word here. That's Hebrews chapter 6, 9 through 12. So. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and the patience inherit the promises. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, and we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity to come together to worship, although uh, be it uh, virtually, at least we can still come together and, and uh, hear this teaching this evening, and Lord, let it be used to lead and guide and uh, to help us to spur us on to spiritual maturity to help us to be edified, to be equipped, and most importantly, Lord, to glorify you in all things. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to be focusing on uh, verses 9 through uh, uh, 12 this evening. And, um, you know, in, in reading this passage, uh, you know, it is um, obvious that we live in a world of very thin-skinned people. Uh, you know, some would call them snowflakes. <laughs> you know, we, you don't want to be a melting snowflake. And uh, in fact, that was the, the title I put on uh, the video on social media is don't be a snowflake. You know, the people cannot take criticism. Uh, they can't take constructive criticism. They can't take uh, any opposing view. And, uh, you know, it's evident. You can go on Facebook and uh, I don't care how rational or how nice you may present uh, something if somebody doesn't agree with it they attack you like uh, uh, chickens in a coop that find a weak spot or another chicken they attack it and peck it till they kill it and uh, because they the particularly liberals they can they despise any rationale <laughs> any truth uh, you know it, it uh, I hate to say it uh, is that it is a has to I mean I'm serious people You'd have to. It's, it has to be a mental disorder to be a liberal. Now, I might make you mad, but it's just that everything that they stand for is in complete contrast to the Word of God, and, and the things that they they believe and they go for. You 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 have to listen to thirty seconds of Pelosi to think that man something is seriously wrong here. There's something way off base here, but um, but for the lot of most of us, we we can be thin skinned. And uh, I know that as a pastor, that's one thing Dad told me a long time ago, you've got to have, have thick skin to be a pastor. And uh, it's true. People, they, they don't care to, to give you, and I don't care to have constructive criticism. Now, there was a time, uh, when we were going in the ministry, uh, it was new. And uh, I wasn't used to uh, 
criticism, constructive or otherwise. And a lot of times it come from dad. <laughs> and so, you know, but he's just trying to help me, but I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't used to that. So I, you know, I was, I'd get upset and I'd be like, you know, you know, what's, what's going on? And then over time I understood, you know, the man's just trying to help me, you know? And so when other people come up said, you know, you need to slow down when you talk. And I agree. Uh, when I get excited, when I preach, uh, I, I tend to speed up, man. I'm like speeding Gonzalez because I get excited. And when I get excited, the faster I talk. In fact, uh, a lot of times when I um, was waiting tables, uh, I'd have people ask me, he said, are you from around here? <laughs> and I'm like, why would you ask that? He said, well, you talk so fast, you don't you don't appear to be somebody who, who, who grew up and lived around here. <laughs> but then I went up north to Indiana from a doctoral studies, and everyone was like, well, you, you know, they got on me because of my accent. So I couldn't win. Here they got on me talking too fast. Up there they got on me because not only did I talk fast, but because of my uh, uh, thick accent. So, you know, there's no winning. And people don't care to tell you if you're, Getting fat. I know I'm fat. I don't need no reminders. But uh, so you got to have a thick skin. But like I say, uh, you know, we've got to uh, uh, be able to be above that. We, we are set apart as Christians. We are, are a king's kid. We are uh, wonderfully and, and beautifully made. And so we do not need to be like the rest of the world who are so easily, easily offended. We need to rise above that. We need to be able to talk to each other. And if there's some constructive criticism, I mean, you know, if you don't go up and be nasty to somebody and say, well, golly, son, you're getting fat. You need to lose some weight. You know, <laughs> we don't need to be nasty to somebody about it. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, if somebody's doing something that is um, not glorifying unto God, uh, that is uh, uh, maybe... I don't know. I mean, they're posting something on Facebook that is wrong. I don't know. Just throwing out an example of it. that uh, maybe you need to go to them in a very loving way and say, "Hey, you know, listen, there's, uh, you know, we need to sit down and talk about this. You know, what you're doing here is not, uh, uh, is not, you know, you're, you're not being a good witness." And of course, they're going to get offended at first because they don't want to hear that. But then, you know, if they can be rational about it and think about it, then then they can understand that you know what you're right. Thank you, brother or sister, and, and for pointing that out. Uh, people have done that to me over the years, uh, you know. Because when I first come into the ministry, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, I was in my early 30s, but I, I didn't really live for the Lord for a lot of years, and I still had a lot of rough edges. And uh, you know, yes, I knew the Lord, and and uh, but I had strayed. And uh, when the Lord called me to the ministry, I still had those those rough edges. So my humor wasn't always appropriate as it should be there's things i thought was funny or there's something i would put on social media and people would get offended and I, and I couldn't figure out why but looking back i cringe i'm thinking oh my gosh why did i do that you know it's just a a, a, a lack of being an immature christian and there's things i shouldn't have done and so uh, you know that's kind of what the writer of hebrews is getting at here see he was being severe with him and um you know of course he was talking about as we were talking about here the apostasy of um, individuals uh, that uh, wasn't really saved, but the majority of them was saved. You know, so when we see here, uh, beloved, uh, in, the, in this passage here in verse nine, said so in your case, beloved, he's talking about loved ones. You know, he's saying that um, you know he understands that uh, there are those out there who really wasn't saved, but there was a great number of them who were saved, and even though they might not have. Um, been at the level of spiritual maturity that they were should have been, uh, they um, uh, were still trying. They were still serving. They were still trying to uh, live for the Lord and try to help other people. And so, even though he was severe with them, you know, look at it in the sense of uh, of like this. Uh, say, uh, you know, if anybody ever played sports, all right. Now, I never played football. I always ran cross country or track. I played a little soccer and things like that. But you know, um, I've seen enough movies to know that, uh, and I say a football coach comes in and it's it's halftime, uh, the team is down in points and he comes in there in that locker room and he's letting them have it. He's like, you were offside. You, what's, why can't you catch this ball? And, and I mean, he's going off on them because they're, they're behind and the other team is ahead. But then he turns around and says, listen, I know you can play better than that. I know you can catch better than that. I know you're faster and stronger than this team. And you get out there and you whip their fannies, more or less. And um, so, that's, so 
you know, even though he, he was severe with them at first, you know, maybe he had to do it enough to, to shake them, uh, to, to make them, rattle them a little bit, to pay, make them pay attention, that he turned right around and encouraged them to let them know that you can get out there and do this. They were hopped up enough to get out there and maybe win the game. Well, that's what the writer of Hebrews was doing here. You know, he's, he first he was severe with them. He's getting on their case for not being more spiritually mature. He's getting on their case for uh, for for slacking in their spiritual walk. He's getting on their case for uh, those who were showing uh, demonstrating apostasy and not really um, uh, being and uh, wasn't really saved, wasn't really Christians. Uh, but then he turns around and says, "Listen, beloved, loved ones, here. Let me talk to you. All right. Let me encourage you here a little bit. I recognize. I see what you're doing. You know. And here's the thing." Uh, you know, he wasn't addressing uh, just a simple crowd of people. He was trying to talk to them individually uh, and, and address them so that they will understand that, hey, he's talking directly to me. It's not just a, uh, just a, a, a broad brush of random words uh, to a large mass of people. He was trying to talk to them individually and what they were doing and how they, how they were demonstrating. And that's what he's saying here. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. That he understood, they understood that you know, they were out there ministering, understood the things of Jesus Christ and what they were trying to do. For God is not unjust, all right? So we see that here. For God is not unjust so as to overlook, overlook your work. And uh, and so let's stop right there. So that not, Slow down, Matt. All right. <laughs> For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. Now, uh, you got to remember that uh, they were um, trying to uh, uh, do the right thing. They were trying to minister. And they were dealing with a lot of persecution. Remember, they there were those out there uh, that uh, were, you know, because of the uh, the flack that they were getting uh, to try to pull them back into Judaism, try to pull them back into the world. So they were dealing with persecution. They were dealing with things. In fact, they may have been losing their homes, but they still stood true to the Word of God. They still stood true to the Gospel. Despite whatever persecution, whatever loss they may experience, they were standing true to God. But so when he sees that, when we see that here, for God is not unjust, so to overlook your work, you know, it's easy not only in this situation, this particular place of time, the persecution that they may have been enduring. See, the devil wants to get in that head, and he wanted to let get in their heads and want to say, look, God doesn't care about you. Look at what you're doing, and look how you're suffering, and look what you're losing. And uh, so and he wanted to get in their heads and say that, uh, that, God, that, that God was not just and that he, did not pay, he didn't care uh, about uh, their persecution and what, and, their, their, and what they were losing. And so, and that's easy to do. You know, as Christians, uh, you know, we're trying to live for the Lord. You know, we're trying to do what's right. We're tithing. We're reading our Bibles. We're praying. And we're trying to do these things. And then it seems like, you know, uh, you know, things are just tearing up or breaking or, you know, cost here or cost there. And you just see like one thing after another. You know, there's a lot of people uh, that I've talked to that said, you know, things were going great till I got saved. Well, of course, because the devil had you where he wanted you. You wasn't a threat. But when you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, he don't like it. So that's why it's called spiritual warfare. That's why he it wants to to torment you. He wants to do things to make you mad and make you angry. Don't think, I don't think that. There's times that in my life, and I'm sure it won't be the last time, you know, it, you can't help but think sometimes. You're like, man, you know, just like it's one thing after another, you know, and uh, uh, and you're thinking, man, you know, I'm tithing, I'm trying to do right, I'm I'm trying to live for the Lord, you know, what, what, you know, what is going on here? You know, but and that's what the devil wants. He wants to get in you into your head and make you think that, that that God doesn't care, and that He is unjust, and he and and so and that you're and no matter how hard you're trying to work, it doesn't matter. And he wants you to throw up your hands and give up. That's what the devil wants, and that, my friends, is what's separating those who were saved from those who were uh, showing apostasy, who wasn't really saved. Because when things got tough, they cut bait and run. But for those who were saved, they kept pushing forward. They kept trying. They didn't give up. And that, see, that's what earmarks us as Christians. You know, there's a lot of people that, I, uh, you know, they get really freaked out when they hear that verse of, of um, you know, uh, where it says that, uh, 
uh, you know, we said we prophesied your name, we we prayed in your name, and uh, and it says that uh, God says, "Get away from me, you workers of iniquity! I never knew you." And that really freaks people out. So they're thinking, "Man, what what if I'm not really saved? And what if I what if I've been doing all this, and then I get to heaven, and and I'm not really saved, and and I get cast into hell?" You know, you don't don't just put that out of your head. All right. Because, again, those people he's referring to are those who were uh, who, who never really gave their lives over to Jesus Christ. The, those we were referring to uh, last time we did this, uh, working on this uh, passage, uh, Sunday evening, talking about those who uh, were demonstrating apostasy, uh, only on the outwardly they were showing uh, a, 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 like they were Christians, but inwardly they'd never give that profession of faith. And so uh, and that's what that verse is referring to. But for those who are truly saved, when those hard times come, when those tough times come, and they're going to come, all right, nobody's immune to that. But when you sin, when you mess up, persecution, whatever it is, and you keep pushing forward, you won't give up, you keep trying, you keep pushing forward, that shows an earmark that you are saved, that you are a Christian. Because if you wasn't, you would just throw up your hands and go right back out into the world and never give it a second thought or look. So that's why you can say with all confidence, I am saved, I love Jesus Christ, I have, I have prayed that sinner's prayer, I know him as my personal Lord and Savior, and my name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life, and my salvation is secure, and I will spend all of eternity in heaven. Remember, that's what we talked about this morning uh, in our devotion, was fear. See, fear is not of God. Remember what 2 Timothy 1 said, for God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, there's two types of fear. There's, there's that good, respectful, healthy fear that we have um, for God, but then there's that, 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 that terrifying kind of fear that can creep into us that comes from the devil. And that's why we have to trust in God. We trust in God not only in his promises in regards to our security and salvation. We trust in God in all things, in all areas of our lives. So there is nothing to fear, not with our eternal, uh, where we're going to be for all of eternity, if you have made that sinner's prayer. You see, I, you know, if you notice, I always reiterate that, that if you have prayed that sinner's prayer, and that then your salvation is secure. But if you have not, remember, you will not enter into heaven. It doesn't matter how good you are, and no matter how much you work. There's somebody, he's talking about, you know, these. there's those out there who... Um, uh, might have been doing works, but they wasn't really saved. There's people out there who think they're doing, they doing all these great works, but they're not really saved. So they're going to spend eternity in hell. So uh, that's why I always want to make sure that when I talk about eternity in heaven, it is making a you know, covering. I don't care if I repeat myself a million times, and it may seem like it, but I need to make sure to get through to people that the only way to heaven is through Christ alone. And it doesn't matter how good you are. Because I don't want to sit there and say, well, man said, yeah, he's going to see me in heaven. No, if you've not prayed that sinner's prayer, I won't. And so that's why I want to always make sure of that. But if you have, then all this work, everything, whatever persecution, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever it is we go through is only temporary. One day we'll get to spend all of eternity in heaven. And so, and all this will be worthwhile. That is our goal. That is where we're, we're our reward for all that we go through. And that's what he's encouraging them here, that God is not unjust, that we, we serve a just God, a righteous God. He recognizes that, and that will be our reward, that even though we'll go through tough times here, we will have that reward one day in heaven that will make all this uh, worthwhile, and we'll be glad that we did it. Now, uh, it says that, uh, let's see here, for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name and serving his saints as you still do. Now, they were serving and showing love uh, towards other people, showing compassion to those around them. Now, you have psychiatrists out there, and uh, I have had uh, dealings with uh, a psychiatrist. <laughs> I, uh, I went through a rough, rough spot in my, my life before I come to be in the ministry. And uh, they, all they, well, I hit on that this morning, I think. You know, they, all they want to do is peel you up. But uh, a psychiatrist will tell you that, uh, uh, you know, you have to love yourself and others before you love God. That is the biggest bunch of bull that you can ever hear or listen to because, all right, we don't have any trouble loving ourselves. See, that, that's the problem. We have no trouble in loving ourselves. In fact, God's Word talks about how we love ourselves too much. We think too highly of ourselves. See, that is the problem. 
that we're so full of pride or we're so full of ourselves, it ain't even funny. You know, we show utter selfishness in everything that we do. You know, even the guy that's uh, 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 depressed, what is it? He's always thinking about himself. If, if uh, well, even somebody is trying to commit suicide, uh, what are they doing? They're only thinking about themselves and they're not thinking about the devastation how it will affect all for the people, all those around them. That's a horrible thing. Uh, my, my daughter, she went to, uh, uh, she goes to school. Uh, she, uh, this young man come home and his dad had uh, committed suicide. And I just, horrible situation, uh, really was. But it's so selfish of that man to do that. And here this boy dependent upon him didn't have anybody else. And uh, so that's just pure selfishness. You know, we think too highly of ourselves. Why does it say, you know, that we've seen God's word to dive ourselves? We need to dive ourselves, pick up the cross, and follow after him. We don't have any trouble with loving ourselves. You know, uh, you know when you look at um, the conversation between Peter and Jesus, and, um, you know, he said, you know, you see that Jesus asked him questions. Did he ask him, well, do you love others? Do you love yourself? No. He, what did he start every question with? Do you love me? Do you love me? Well, remember how he kept asking that over and over again. Do you love me? Before we can love anybody else, we first have to come before God the Father. We have to come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord, Savior. We have to put him first. We have to have love for Christ first before we can show love to other people. You know, there was a story uh, by Leo Tolstoy. You all might have heard of him. And uh, he uh, wrote a book. Um, let's see. How what was it? The name of the book was... Um, uh, as love is, uh, God is, I think something like that, to that effect. Uh, but anyway, the story that I remember uh, was that uh, talked about a cobbler. And uh, no, I'm not talking about a cobbler, the kind that you eat. I'm talking about a shoe cobbler, uh, for those who may not know. So, uh, But he, he had lost his wife, and he had lost all his children, and uh, he was struggling with great depression and sadness and uh, uh, struggling to hang on. Well, I said a monk come to visit him and said that, uh, he said, listen, you're, you're focusing too much on yourself here. He said, you need to read the Gospels and realize that God allows everything to happen for a reason. And quit focusing on your, yourself, but focusing on the Gospel, focusing on Jesus Christ. And so the cobbler read through the Gospels. The more he read it, the more he was filled with the, with the Spirit, the more he felt closer to God. And uh, he, it had a dramatic change upon his life because he quit focusing on himself, but he started focusing on God. And uh, through a dream, uh, he said, uh, it is stated that uh, uh, Jesus said that he would come to visit him uh, the next day. Well, the cobbler was uh, in his home and looked out and saw uh, elderly man that he knew and he, he brought him in and uh, gave him uh, some tea and uh, uh, shared with him the gospel, the things of Jesus Christ. And the tears streamed out of the old man's eyes as he heard about the words of Jesus. And uh, as the old man left, uh, he looked out and saw a, a woman uh, out there in, in summer clothes and uh, she had sold her shawl for uh, uh, just to get some money to eat on. She was out there with a the little baby, so he brought her in and fed her and uh, shared the gospel with her and gave an old coat to keep the baby warm, money to buy her shawl back and uh, send her on her way. And then uh, he looked out again and he saw a, um, uh, a woman out there with a cart of apples and a uh, little boy uh, tried to steal an apple because he was hungry. Well, the woman caught him by the back of the hair and was threatening to call the police. Well, he goes out there and he tells them, uh, you know, to calm the situation down. And he explained to them the things in the Bible, specifically about how uh, the uh, king uh, forgave the man of a great debt. But then the, the man who was forgiven of the great debt went out and tried to put in jail the, the man who owed him a very little debt. And he explained that gospel to them. Well, the only did the the woman and the little boy make up, but uh, as the woman went to leave, the little boy asked if he could carry the apples, and so they walked on their way. Well, that night, uh, the man uh, was sitting there at the table reading his Bible, and he uh, looked up. I think, let me look over here. I, I think it's Matthew 25. Before I finish this, let me make sure here. Matthew 25. Let's see here. Yeah, so that's 25, 35 through 40. And he said that uh, 
He looked up and uh, he saw the old man and disappear. He looked and, and again he saw the the woman that helped with the shawl. She seemed to disappear. And then she he said he saw uh, the the uh, the woman and the little boy disappear. And then this verse come said. Um, uh, for I was hungry, because when he went to read his Bible, he said it, it opened up to this. Uh, said, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you gave me food. And uh, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was a prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did you, you see when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it, one of thee, least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And then he realized that all those people that he had helped. It was Jesus that had come to visit him. And so that's what he's talking about here in, uh, in this verse here, in serving the saints. Uh, that um, serve the saints as you still do. That he's showing love, putting those above ourselves. And that is not always easy to do. Uh, we have a lot of self-love, and we need to make sure that uh, we're putting God first uh, in all areas of our lives. And uh, that was an incredible story uh, of uh, Leo Tolstoy. And uh, if you ever get a chance, uh, I, can't, I wish I could remember the exact name. I, I want to say it's called um, As Love Is As God Is. I'm almost positive, but I don't, don't hold me to that. But that's, uh, it's a really, really good story. But, you know, that's just it. We can't love other people unless we have a love of God in us. And, you know, there was a time, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I hated people. I really didn't want to be around people, and uh, uh, I, uh, I I tolerated people. I guess it's because, I don't know, when I worked in retail, it seems to give you a, uh, <laughs> it tends to, to shade your, your uh, view on people sometimes. But I just didn't really want to be around a lot of people at all. And I struggled with that. Even in coming into the ministry, it's not so much that I hated people, I just, I had a hard time you know, being around a lot of people. I just, I just, you know, I was always used to kind of being by myself. And, uh, but that's one thing the Lord really worked with me on is, uh, to really, uh, when I started to start focusing my love on the Lord, started really focusing my love on God, I noticed my attitude towards people had really changed and completely changed and has still changed. And, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I have a different view now, uh, when I look at people and I always pray, you know, Lord, let me see people as you see them. Let me, you know, uh, let me hear what they're saying. You know, that's something dad always told me. He said, there's what's said and then there's what's said. You know, sometimes as a counselor, you have to hear beyond what's being said in order to get to the root of the problem. And a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I hear what they're saying, but I always try to listen to really what they're meaning and what they're trying to get at uh, to see if there's some way that maybe the Lord can use me to help somebody. See, my old man, he's he's a little wiser than he looks, but then again, you know, I guess he has to be, but uh, <laughs> my dad's a very smart man. He really is, but uh, he's been around a time or two, and uh, I think if he keeps at it, he might make a good preacher himself, so, but uh, let's go on here. Um, Let's see here, verse 11. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So keep pushing forward, never giving up, you know, looking forward to that hope. You know, as the things that we're seeing here is faith, love, and hope in this, these very verses here that is being encouraged. And uh, that's something that we have to have is that hope in God, that hope in our Savior. It's so easy to uh, to put our hope and trust in in stupid stuff you know you put your hope and trust in somebody you're going to be let down i mean without a doubt count on it because people are imperfect i love my wife i trust her but you know i she's imperfect i know she don't want to hear that but guess what i'm imperfect too uh, uh but that's one thing for sure that you know as a couple we can put god first in our lives and our relationship and that trust and hope will keep us together but as long as we, but as soon as we take our eyes off of him, that's what's going to go into utter chaos and destruction. And if you're putting your faith and hope in that, 
your job, your finances, whatever it is, anything outside of God, you are going to be severely let down, I promise you. It is only through that hope and faith in Jesus Christ that's going to help us to endure the long run. All right, remember that our remember that we are in a marathon. We're not in a sprint when it comes to our uh, relationship as with Jesus Christ and with uh, in, in our Christianity. Uh, all right, we're in it for the long haul. So you know, I've told you before. I've always enjoyed running. I've always looked forward to it. I like it. And um, if you are in a road race, you know, I do, I've ran a lot of 5Ks. If you take off in a dead sprint at the very beginning of that race, man, you may not even make it a mile or a mile and a half, and, you know, you're going to be dead. You're, you're not going to have enough energy to make it through that race. So you have to set a pace, you know. And so when I run, now there's the guys out there I've explained to you before, look like the shaved squirrels, they do take off. Uh, I mean, I'll switch to the spread, but they take off, and i never see them again. But I, I kind of, you know, it's hard not to take off a little bit uh, because everybody's at a mad dash. But once you get going, you set a pace, you know, and you keep that pace, and you focus. See, I, I, when I run, I'm in a whole other world. I'm just focusing. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, a, you know, a focus on, you know, I don't know how to explain it, just getting through that race. And uh, But as Christians... Our focus has to be on Jesus Christ. We have to be in it. This is a marathon. A marathon is what, 26.9 miles, 26.1 miles or something like that. And um, so, you know, we have to pace ourselves because we got a long haul to go. You can't burn out too quick. And that's what will happen. If you go out too fast, too quick, you're going to burn out. And so that's why you have to keep, set your pace, keep your eyes focused, and, and make it to the end of that race. Because once you get across that finish line, say, I like the, the finish lines in the world, you might get a little trophy or something like that. But when you cross the finish line, we get to be in heaven, man, for all of eternity. That's why we have to set our pace. We have to have endurance. We have to stay the course and, and, and keep pushing forward. You know, when we face those hills, we face those... Uh, you know, there's times when I feel like my heart's going to beat out of my chest, my legs hurt, my lungs hurt. I didn't think, you know, but I kept pushing forward. I would not give up. And that's what we have to do as Christians. There's times we just feel like it's just everything in us hurts and we just can't go on. But we have to keep pushing forward because we focus on Jesus Christ. Now, there's people out there that, you know, there's pastors out there that say that they have burned out uh, when it comes to their um, uh, uh, being a pastor of a church. It's tough and it is hard. But a lot of times when you hear people talking about burning out, it's because they've took their focus off of God. They've put their focus on everything and other people or other things in their lives in this world, and they've not kept their focus on Christ. God, what does God's Word tell us? He renews us day by day. He renews our spirit. So yes, it can get stressful. Yes, it can get tough, particularly if you're a pastor or you know, or or in your Christian walk. But this this wellspring of life, this is what refreshes us. This is what renews us day by day. And so that's why we go to God's Word to get that refreshness. You know, just like when I'm running, there's people uh, alongside with cold uh, cups of water. You'll run by there, and you'll be hot, and. They, grab that water and, and just keep on trucking, man. This is God's wellspring of life. This is the living water that when we feel like things are getting tough, it's hot, the hill's tall, and our muscles are aching. We grab the, the water, we drink it, we're refreshed, and we keep on pushing forward, man. We never give up. And that's, you know, there's so many times the devil wants to whisper in your ear, give up, let go, you know, and that's when we, we keep that hope. We keep our eyes centered. We keep our eyes focused, and we keep pushing forward. And, you know, just like I like I say, I can't explain the world I go in when, I, when I'm in a race. It's just I, I just get this determination uh, and I just keep going. Well, even though I can't explain the world I go in, I can explain the world that we as Christians are need to be going into because we're passing through this one to go into the world to come. And this is where our focus needs to be is on Christ. This is where this is what renews our strength and this is what helps us in the battle and keep pushing forward. So don't worry about burnout if you're keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, the, like I said, the lifespan of most pastors... I think um, they told me when I was in my doctoral studies, or on the average, uh, I think uh, three years, four years, five at tops, because a lot of pastors, they, they burn out. 
But then again, there's a lot of pastors, and Dad mentioned this Sunday morning uh, where I was at um, in Indiana, they don't spend that time in the Word. They think that their Bible study uh, for preparation for sermons, that's, that's their Bible study. And so they don't have that personal devotion. Well, no wonder they're getting burnt out. They're not going to that wellspring of life. They're not spending that time in the Word and in prayer to be refreshed to, keep, to, to, uh, to uh, go through the battle at hand. And so that's why I have to do this every morning. I have to be in the Word every morning. I have to be in prayer every morning, or I will fail, and I will fall, and I still may fall anyway because I am imperfect. But I know I keep coming back to the Word and be renewed and keep trying and keeps trying and keep pushing forward. That's all you or any of us can ever do. Now, uh, let's see, moving on here. Uh, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Now, being imitators, you know, uh, as a parent, you know, I think you know that you could, you know, if you're watching and you're a parent, raising children are so easy, is it not? <laughs> so, so as long as you're doing exactly what God tells you to do, and they imitate you, then hey, it shouldn't be a problem, right? Well, no, of course, we all mess up, and uh, as, as hard as we try uh, to live for the Lord, uh, to, uh, that's a big burden, you know, knowing our kids are, are watching us and imitating us. And, uh, uh, you know, every time I mess up, I've always tried to tell my kids, listen, I messed up, I screwed up, let me tell you why I messed up, why this doesn't honor God, and, you know, do better. Learn from that, do better. Don't be like me. And, uh, you know, my dad, you all, you all know, I've always been very, very close to my dad. And I've always tried to imitate him uh, growing up. You know, when, he, when I was a kid, he'd eat, I'd eat. I'd watch everything he did, and I would do it. He'd step in the snow, I'd step in the snow. Because I, why? Because I wanted to, you know, I looked up to my dad. I wanted, to be imi I wanted to imitate him because I thought so highly of him. Well, as Christians, we need to think so highly of God. We need to be imitators of God. We need to demonstrate those Christian attributes. Remember those fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-serving, goodness, kindness, faith, and self-control? To love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. To love our neighbors as ourselves. To be those imitators. Do those things. And, uh, I, you know, one way, um, you know, of course, the, the Bible, we look at Abraham and how he kept the faith. We can look at uh, uh, Paul. We can look at, you know, so many of this. You know, throughout the Bible, uh, of people uh, who've done great and wonderful things in the name of God. And uh, we can read those and be imitators of these individuals that when, you know, that, um, uh, that may have went through very similar circumstances that we have went through. I like reading, you know, and I get this from Dad, I like uh, reading biographies uh, and autobiographies. I love reading those things, and I love reading uh, particularly um, uh, those who were uh, great Christians and or theologians and, and their experiences. A lot of time we can read those things. We can uh, actually see very much similarities of, of things that we have went, that I've been through that kind of help me relate a little bit and, and realize, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, we think that we're alone in our struggles. And when we can read these biographies of these great men of God, that we realize we're not alone. And so many others who went on before us, great men and women of God who went on before us, have struggled with the very things that we have struggled with and are struggling with today. And that's why you need to get you a good biography. In fact, I meant to, um, I don't think I got it anywhere close by, I've got uh, uh, the book um, Pure Gold, um, uh, some, I don't know if I... It's Eric Liddell or Little, I don't know how you, the best way to pronounce it, uh, but um, he was an Olympian. In fact, if you've ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire, that's what uh, that was based on. And he wouldn't run on Sunday. I, and I guess I, I enjoyed that book. Uh, more, I guess, you know, going back to where I enjoy running, it, it, it uh, really ministered to me. And, and it was a, a fantastic uh, uh, book. We thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading uh, his life story and um, his love for the Lord, his zeal for God. And I love reading stuff like it. And that's not the only one. I've read others as well. And it, it really inspires you uh, in a big way. So look around. Find and be, but be careful. You know, it's just, I, I was telling Dad about this the other day. Uh, I don't know. I think it was Pure Flix or uh, I was positive that. It could have been another one. But there, there's some of these uh, more um, uh, religious versions of Netflix that are popping up. And I saw this, and I thought, well, I never heard of this guy. I said, this preacher, and uh, he used to be a boxer, and, uh, and it talked about how he would uh, tell people about God, and he'd go around uh, fighting and boxing. I thought, well, that might be pretty neat. I'd, I'd kind of like to see that. And then I'm glad I watched the whole thing, because at the end, it was put on by the Mormons. I thought, well, no wonder to hear about this cat. He was a 
Mormon. So, you know, so be careful, you know, if you're going to read uh, a biography uh, on someone, uh, be sure and, uh, uh, you know, research, make sure that, you know, there's someone that uh, is definitely a Christian and not part of a cult like the Mormons or Jehovah's Witness or, you know, part of a, a false religion, you know, be careful about that. But I'll tell you, you know, reading that, and particularly Billy Graham's book, I read it uh, here, I don't know, a couple years back. I, I just took a week off uh, just to do fasting and, and reading. I just turned the TV off, the computer off, and just spent that week just really um, searching out the Lord. That that week, uh, it just it, it built me up so much spiritually, I, I can't even put it into words. And uh, I looked fondly back on that week. And I and I read the uh, Billy Graham's book, and that that his uh, biography really uh, uh, truly ministered to me. It really did in a major way, and really affected uh, me in my my preaching. But um, so that's what you know. We see that here to be um, uh, to be imitators, not to be sluggish. Remember, you know, I think sometimes people can be um, uh, they can listen to a sermon and think, well, I'm just not getting nothing out of it, or sing a song and be like, yeah, just you know, it was a good song, I guess, but it just didn't move me emotionally. Or, you know, you're teaching. Maybe you're a, you're a teacher uh, in one of the Sunday school classes. And like, ah, you're just getting bored with it. But you know what? Um, there's people out there, and I've talked to other uh, Christians out there. They, they, they get that sense of apathy. They get that sense of complacency. And, uh, but keep pushing. You know, keep going forward. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, uh, one thing I always recommend people who, who seem to find that sluggishness uh, in their walk as Christians uh, is to think of what originally drew you to the Lord. What excited you about God? Uh, look at those things. You know, not going backwards. You know, that's one thing that the writer of Hebrews here, you can't go back and be saved again. I'm not telling you to do that. But think about what initially drew you to God, what got you excited about God. Keep pushing forward. Keep reading your Bible. Keep staying in prayer. Eventually, you're going to get over that. You know, you may, you may, you know, sometimes we hit those valleys. Sometimes we can get a little sluggish uh, in, in those valleys, and we can feel a little run down. But eventually, we'll get us back up. God will get us back up on those mountaintops. So be careful about that, and don't you know, feel like you're, you're losing your religion, so to speak. You know, of course, obviously, being a Christian is not a, a religion. You know, it's just like they'll say, I'm not religious. I just love the Lord. You know, it's not about a religion. It's, it's our love for Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, uh, when in a relationship, uh, it's not always, uh, you know, when you, when you see a, a young couple together, they're all starry-eyed and everything's exciting. And, they, you know, it's, and they called it puppy love. But, you know, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, everything's exciting and new. And, you know, and I see a, a married couple and they're just looking at each other and holding each other's hand. I'm like, how long have you all been married? Oh, we've been married a year. And I'm like, well... Son, give it some time. But anyway, <laughs> I love my wife. I know she's watching. I love her dearly. And I see stars every time I see her because she punches me in the face. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm kidding. But, um, but in a relationship, you're not always going to have warm and fuzzies. You're not always going to see stars and sunshine and hear birds singing songs. You know, there's, you know, sometimes I know my wife looks at me like I can stand him. And, uh, but I always look at my wife and say, I love you. So, you know, even though she may feel like it, I don't. So in case she's watching. But, uh, uh, but it's a relationship. You work on that and you get through that. And uh, so you have those highs. You have those lows. Well, our, our, we have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you may, if you get feeling that sluggishness, you know, look at yourself. Why are you feeling that boredom? Why do you feel like you're not getting something out of it? Are you focusing on God's Word? Are you spending that time for it? Are you really working on your, or trying to get something out of that sermon? Are you really trying to get something uh, out of church? Are you really trying to uh, find yourself growing uh, in, the, in the Word or in the Lord? And you may be surprised by looking at that and reading that. You may think, you know what? I've really been slacking on my Bible reading. I've been slacking on my prayer. I go to church out of habit, but I'm not really trying to learn something. You know, I see some people out there with notepads trying to really get those things down and understand what's being taught. You know, maybe you need to do that so that you're really paying attention because it's really easy. I know that... Uh, uh, it's hard to believe, but I'm not always the most exciting pastor out there. And I see people, you know, I see it, believe it or not. I see people staring at the pictures on the walls. I see people doodling, okay? I'm glad you're there. But, you know, I'm talking about if you're feeling that dullness, if you're feeling that sluggishness, 
you maybe need to reevaluate and say, hey, you know, what am I trying to get uh, out of uh, out of the sermon today, and uh, or out of church today, and ask yourself that. But we see that there that uh, you may not be sluggish, but imitators, those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So that's why we have to keep that faith. That's why we have to understand God's promises. We have to understand God's word and what he's trying to convey to us and what he's trying to teach us and what he wants us to learn. You know, going back to the writer of Hebrews here, you know, that's what he was referring to uh, in their lack of spiritual maturity. That's why he was so severe with them, uh, you know, as we were reading these beginning chapters because of their lack of growth. And I see that uh, among the Christian community. I'm not talking about my church specifically. I'm just talking about uh, in the... In, the, it, as a whole, what based on what I see on social media and, and, and things, uh, that uh, there's a lack of spiritual growth. There's a lot of people who want just enough, and that's all they want. They, they're not trying. They're not growing. They're not learning. They're not being imitators of Christ. And so what does that say? What does that say to the world? If we're not separate from the world, what incentive do they have to want to, to, do, uh, to, to, want to come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior? What incentive do they have if we're not separate? You know, and so that you know, that's why he had to be a little severe with these individuals because they were not learning, they were not growing, and so sometimes as a pastor, maybe I have to be a little severe uh, with these individuals uh, or people in general as I'm uh, talking. I, uh, sorry, I didn't know if Dad was trying to text me or not. Um, you know, sometimes you have to be a little severe with your words. Uh, there is a, um, oh. John Chrysostom, I can't remember. If I can't remember his name, but he said, "Better to be severe in your in his in your words than for them to be uh, was it dead in their deeds or something like that." In effect, in other words, you know, it's better to be a little harsh and get on people a little bit from the pulpit, step on some toes, shake rattle people a little bit to make them think than them to be uh, dead in their in their walk with Christ to to not have any kind of growth you know sometimes you have to do that to get people's attention uh, and and make them realize that hey you know I can't be stagnant here I've got to be in a uh, growing as a Christian uh, as a child of God so you know re evaluate where you're at and uh, you know when it comes to that you know people like I said at the very beginning. Uh, are very thin-skinned. They don't want to hear things that uh, that constructive criticism. They don't want to hear things that uh, that uh, may hurt their feelings. You know, that's what the, the world's all about now. Is is their feelings? Oh, let's not judge. Let's let's make sure our feelings. You know, we, we don't want to hurt feelings. But you know, that's one thing that um, uh, the, Paul was doing. You know, he's telling them. You know, uh, he might um, uh, he might have to hurt their feelings a little bit to get his point across. And, uh, but we as Christians, we have to be thick-skinned. We have to be set apart for that. We have to be different from those in the world. The world might be thin-skinned, but we have to be thick-skinned. And even though, you know, in, in, people in the world, they try to find anything they can. If they know you're a Christian and you're speaking out, say, for example, this uh, Tri-Pride Parade. You know, they canceled it, thank God. But, um, and you're on there, you know, maybe you're trying to speak the truth in love. Let's hope. That's what Paul was doing. You know, through his severity, he's speaking the truth in love. And, uh, of course, you're going to be attacked. I mean, automatically, you're going to be attacked like crazy. And they're going to, you know, they try to tear you down. They want to tear the Bible down. They want to tear Jesus down. They want to tear God down. They want to have everything they can. That's when you, right there, is proving you have to be thick-skinned. All right, understanding where these attacks are coming from, understanding the attack coming from the old devil, understanding where that's coming from, and still stay the course and to be calm, rational, and speaking that truth in love, to be thick-skinned. But if you're being thin-skinned, allowing those comments to get to you, and just like, you know, feel like fiery darts hitting you and you're getting all mad and upset, well, they see that. They, they, that's what they, they're, they're hoping for. They're praying on it. That's what they want you to do. But if you show the thick skin and still display love by, while speaking the truth, that right there separates you. That will stand out, and that will hopefully get the attention of whoever it is you're talking to that maybe help you to uh, lead them uh, to Jesus Christ. Get in the Gospels, all right? Let's not be self-centered uh, as we as we've seen here. It's so easy to be self-centered. And uh, let's not think on ourselves. Let's not worry. think on our, our problems, our depression. Let us focus on Jesus Christ. Read those Gospels. Read God's Word. And focus and redirect your attention on God and not on yourself. Let's have a word of prayer. 
And Father, Lord, we just thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, help us each and every day to show hope, faith, and love. Help us to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. Help us to be in a continual state of growth. Let us serve you. Let us serve others. Let us love others. Help us, Lord Jesus, each and every day uh, to be the uh, men and women uh, that you've called us to be. Let us serve you well in thought, word, and deed. Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide and watch over protect us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope pray everybody uh, got something out of tonight's message. And don't forget to join us uh, this Sunday, Mother's Day, uh, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can listen on 98.5 WTFN. Watch on our website at flbconline.com or right here on Facebook and uh, Lord willing we'll get together and uh, and see where the Lord leads us this Sunday. Dr. Vic Young will be bringing the morning message and he has wrote an incredible song, beautiful song. He sent it to me earlier and you don't want to miss that so be sure and check that out. So I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day and God bless. Have a good evening. <music>